Welcome to the Crypto Podcast, where we update you on the latest activities and trends in the world of cryptocurrencies by providing you with insight, interviews, and happenings in the crypto world so you can stay on top of the game. Thanks for tuning in to the Crypto Podcast, where we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly from the crypto space for you so you don't have to do all the heavy lifting. In today's episode, traditional markets tumble, cryptos follow suit, sidechain is up and running, higher ed digs deeper, and Alexander Graham Bell gets a facelift. Okay, so let's start by reviewing what's happened in the old world markets as of yesterday. Basically a free fall with the Dow down more than 830 points, roughly 3.2%. The S&P 500 fell more than 3.3% to close out at 2,785. On top of that massive slide, analysts also note that bonds fell at the same time, which is kind of odd because historically a negative move in stocks usually triggers an uptick in U.S. Treasuries investments, but yesterday was a rare kind of positive correlation in that both of them went negative and trended downward. But we don't care about that. All we care about is crypto. So with that in mind, let's check our markets over the past day to see whether we're growing a buffer between crypto and the traditional markets or not. Unfortunately, in this time, it doesn't seem to be the case. Although it was delayed, the crypto markets seem to follow the old. Bitcoin is down 4.2% in 24 hours, sitting around just under 6,300. Ethereum is down 10%. Ripple down 11.5%. Bitcoin Cash down about 12%, EOS down 9.5%. Now let's check the top winners and losers of the past 24 hours according to CoinMarketCap.com. Top 5 losers in the day are, number 1, Ethereum down 87%, Target Coin out 71 Mojo Coin down 62.5%, Argentum out 61 and Cashberry Coin lost just under 59%. Top 5 winners on the day are... Better than the losers. Top performer in the day, Tellurian up 443%. Supercoin up 300%. ByteCent gained 223%. Starcash up 161%. And Pittiscoin up 148%. All right, so let's start off with what we mentioned at the top of the hour the not so happy news that Bitcoin and a lot of the major cryptos seem to have fought the U.S. stock and bond drop that precipitated basically a global sell-off yesterday. Since many of the fundamental drivers of crypto are different from that of the traditional finance market, it's been hoped for and ascertained that we'd seek a lack of correlation or possibly an inverse correlation and a hedge against the general financial market in the crypto space. Hopefully today's an outlier of that theory, but nonetheless it is worrisome. My initial reaction was to blame a lot of the Bitcoin whales for this, a lot of whom we tend to think originate to the more traditional line of thinking. Now that tenured organizations and institutions have, t- have tilted their focus into crypto, but it appears I'd be wrong in that assumption because a new report out claims that whales are actually stabilizing the crypto market, not crashing it. The report claims that more than half of the whales are not active traders and those that are active tend to buy during a cl- decline rather than sell. However, some of these whales appear to be lost accounts because a handful of wallets that account for about $1.3 billion in Bitcoin haven't even made a trade since 2011 because their owners have lost the private keys. So the net net is that roughly a third of the whales appear to be active traders. 
And while the whales may not be to blame, it stands the reason that the institutional traders may be responsible for the crypto's large drop today. In a lot of cases, they use the same financial models and tools to analyze risk and execute trades in crypto as they do in the broader market. So while they do help legitimize crypto in government and regulatory circles, thus leading to perceived price stability, they also sow the seeds of a sell-off and peaks and troughs because their analysis of crypto lies solely in the data, not necessarily the overarching mission of crypto, nor the underlying technology that makes it possible. Changing subjects a little bit in good news, Blockstream has announced that they have launched the Bitcoin sidechain called Liquid Network, which is meant to provide faster settlements, improve transaction confidentiality, and tokenization for various assets. While the idea of sidechain and its technology have been around for a few years, it still hasn't seemed to gain the momentum to be commonplace parlance in everyday crypto talk. Initially, sidechains were proposed as a way to essentially experiment with different extensions of the Bitcoin protocol by using these alternatives to the standard block, thus avoiding risk to your actual Bitcoin in portfolio. The hope and goal seems to have always been creating a more powerful, efficient Bitcoin protocol. And if you want to learn more, I would suggest you kind of Google what sidechain is to get an in-depth understanding. For purposes of this story, we're basically going to say that a sidechain is a second layer on the blockchain that retains the ledger in a carbon copy type fashion, but the transactions don't actually occur on the main block. So no network fees and traffic, you know, pile up occurs. The sidechain is essentially a peg that matches with the Bitcoin and, and Liquid provides a two-way peg, which can be redeemed through the network whenever you want, thus improving speed and some argue privacy. According to Blockstream, quote, the participating exchanges and Bitcoin businesses deploy the software and hardware that make up the Liquid network so that they can peg in and out of the Bitcoin blockchain and offer Liquid's features to their traders. Liquid provides a more secure and efficient system for exchange-side Bitcoin to move across the network, end quote. The, the Liquid network relies on trusted functionaries composed of a, quote, consensus of participants, end quote. So miners don't get mining rewards unless the Liquid Bitcoin is actually swapped for real Bitcoin. Liquid is meant to be used by large financial institutions and exchanges, which is in contrast to Blockstream's other sidechain uh, offering, which they put out a few months ago called Lightning. This is meant to serve as fast, easy, and nearly free microtransactions. Lightning is also reported purposefully limited in channel capacity in order to reduce the risk to users, meaning smaller amounts, less risk. Shifting now to a news report out on higher education. As we told you guys last week, Yale's endowment recently invested in two crypto funds. Not to be outdone, Harvard, Stanford, and MIT have now joined the fray. They, along with Dartmouth and UNC, have reportedly invested tens of millions in crypto funds, various crypto funds at that. According to the article, quote, backing from such closely watched institutions could help validate cryptocurrencies, which are still considered too risky by many institutional investors, end quote. I will repeat what we said last week. This is only the tip of the iceberg. Soon, it won't just be higher learning, but also I foresee city pension funds, unions, and a whole bunch of other institutions with really deep pockets joining both the crypto and blockchain spaces. Finally, a company called Pundi X has made the first blockchain phone call. They are calling it the X phone, and it is reportedly a blockchain phone that doesn't use any centralized mobile carrier to, in order to function. It works on the Function X blockchain created by PundiX itself. According to the company's press release, the X phone, quote, users 
will be able to share data in much the same way as they do online securely via the blockchain, while developers can quickly and easily publish decentralized applications, end quote. They claim that each device in the ecosystem will essentially function as a node with its own unique address and key for security. They claim this will result in a guaranteed communication without interception, whether it be via text, call, or email. Well, that does it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to the Crypto Podcast. Subscribe for more episodes. Much love all. Thanks for listening to the Crypto Podcast. For more episodes or to contact us, go to CryptoPodcast.io. That is C-R-Y-P-T-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot I-O.